Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Goat podcast. Today, I've got my own college game day special. Yes, last week, you know, was the first weekend back of college football, but there wasn't really any big time games. However, starting tonight, there are big time matchups for college football, and I am so ready for it. Oh, big matchups. Ohio State, Minnesota tonight, this weekend, Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, Miami, Penn State, Wisconsin, Indiana, Iowa. I am going to break down all those games, give my winners for them, my winners for the big divisions, the Power 5 schools, who I think will be in the playoff the end of the year, who I think will win the Heisman, and then I'll get into my top five teams in the MLB. But today, the main focus will be on college football. College football is back. But before I get into that, of one note that I want to get into because this occurred after my last podcast episode, and that was Cam Newton being released by the Patriots, which effectively means Mac Jones is the starter. Uh, Mac Jones, I mean, Cam Newton was not released due to vaccination uh, changes, said Belichick. So what does this mean for the Patriots, and what does this mean for Cam? I will take that first question, what does this mean for Mac Jones? This team, the Patriots' offense to me, uh, was going to be very similar. Last year, Cam would have spurts of great games, but there would be times where he didn't know what he was doing. This defense would be improved, but still, you know, with their schedule, the Dolphins improved, the Bills improved, and just your schedule playing, you know, tough teams such as the Titans, Browns, uh, Bucks. I mean, they do have a hard schedule. So I thought, you know, with Cam, this is a 7-10 team. Last year, I believe they were 6-10 and or 7-9, and one of the two, uh, by the sub-500 record. Uh, to say the least, and I thought you know it'd be the same story with Cam. I'd say they're seven and ten. However, what I've seen from Mac Jones in the preseason, and then kind of how he's handled himself, kind of that report for training camp where Cam Newton was supposed to get the number one reps, but because of his little COVID issue, he wasn't allowed. So it was Mac Jones, and I believe he uh, threw thirty-five for forty. That training day, I mean, that was insane. Uh, just going 35 of 40. Uh, that is a great completion percentage. He was very accurate at college. Yes, he had tremendous receivers, but it doesn't just speak to the volumes of the receivers because it's on the quarterback. The accuracy, your receiver could be wide open, but you could overthrow him, underthrow him. Uh, you know, just throw totally out of bounds. You could throw a bad throw. But the accuracy is on a quarterback, no matter if it's open or not. And that's what I see from Mac Jones. He's just a more accurate quarterback than he is in Cam Newton at this point in Cam's career. That's no knock on Cam. That's just the hard work that Mac Jones puts in and that, uh, you know, paid off in Alabama. Now it's going to pay off in the Patriots. So I think before, you know, 7-10 and 10 record for Cam. I think with Mac Jones, that record flips. Goes from 7-10 and 10 to 10-7. and 7. 
and that might not even be enough to make the playoffs. Last year, uh, teams were eleven and five uh, that made the playoffs, and I believe you know Dolphins were ten and six, and they just missed the playoffs by a game. So even if they go ten and seven, that's no guarantee of the playoffs. I believe you have to go eleven and six or twelve and four to make the play or twelve and five minimum to contend for a playoff spot because I believe you have the Bills, you know, who can be, you know, thirteen and four last year, thirteen and three. Uh Kansas City, fifteen and one last year, fifteen and two maybe this year. Uh the Titans oh, were very strong last year. They had eleven wins. I could see them having the same amount. Baltimore, Cleveland, Pittsburgh all around that same amount. Um the Colts so really you know, you have a last playoff spot you're vying for. And I think the Patriots are going to be much more competitive with him at quarterback. And I think Mac Jones is going to surprise some people. I easily see him, you know, throwing for, you know, 20, uh, 25 touchdowns, uh, 3,000 yards as well, and having a very successful rookie year. Uh, and it's going to be great, too, because you have him, who was sort of a last quarterback of this draft taken. And then in that same division, you have Zach Wilson, the second pick, who I think is going to be tremendous, probably win rookie of the year. That's who I am thinking. But you're going to have that matchup twice between those, those two rookies. And I think the Patriots will be much more competitive and better with Mac Jones at the helm. I don't think he'll make some of the mistakes and errant throws at uh, Cam Newton made he makes a much more safer play, which Belichick likes and doesn't turn the ball over. Now, what does this mean for Cam? Well, he's likely going to be a backup somewhere. I think he can be a viable backup or even a quarterback for a team uh, that can contend for the playoffs. I mean, you have the Broncos. You know, Drew Locke, to me, has looked good in the preseason. They have Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, they're an option. I don't think you uh, you do that yet uh, because I think, you know, you're bridging. Maybe you're secretly banking on Aaron Rodgers to come next year so you don't want to implode what you have already. You look at the Texans, depending on Deshaun Watson's status, that could be a team I think could eye up Right there for Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor or Allen or whoever is going to be quarterback doesn't inspire much confidence in me, but Cam Newton could be there to at least make them competitive. Uh, Who knows if he wants to play there with a porous roster, but that's an open spot. You look at the Colts as well and the issues they've had at quarterback with Sam Ellinger hurt, Carson Wentz hurt, a plan is Jacob Eason, but... I would take Cam Newton over Jacob Eason as well. Uh, That's one you have in the NFC. The football team is one in really this NFC East, except for the Giants. The football team could use them right now. It's Heineke and Fitzpatrick. Why not Ron Rivera, who was the coach over there with Cam Newton, Cam Newton winning MVP with him. Going to the Super Bowl with him, does he give him the shot? Very competitive roster, great defense, weapons. 
I mean, do they take a shot on Cam? That would be interesting. The Eagles, I think Jalen Hurts been named the starter. Joe Flacco's the backup, but again, two names that are very underwhelming. Joe Flacco, you know, it's sad to see where he is now, uh, considering how good he was for, you know, multiple playoff runs and seasons with the Baltimore Ravens. And then the, lastly, the Cowboys. And really, you know, this wouldn't even be a concern if it was for Dak Prescott and his health, you know, his throwing shoulder and the mystery and the shroud behind the Cowboys, you know, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys saying, you know, we'll give him a look. That is worth consideration because I think, you know, you've got Cooper Rush as a backup who, again, I don't think is a winner at all. Uh, if Dak Prescott, I think, is out for any extended period of time and this mysterious shoulder injury uh, plagues him even more, you give Cam Newton a shot. It's a logical choice, especially for this NFC East division who's weak. I don't think they'll be as weak as they were last year. But this is a very competitive division, I think, uh, between all teams, excluding the Eagles, in your favor, the Dallas Cowboys, why not seize an opportunity to go and take a this division with a quarterback like Cam Newton, who can still produce one or two big games for you, I believe, a season? Now, moving to college football, I have been waiting for this for so long as a Michigan fan. I know the state of my team, but just the excitement of college football, even if Michigan's not relevant, I still have a fun time watching big games, SEC matchups, uh, Pac-12 after dark. All those, you know, matchups to me are just great. They're fun to watch for the college football fans. Uh, To me, much more unexpected things happen in college football than in the NFL which does make some of them more intrigue, you know, fun to watch as kids playing their hearts out. And that's starting uh, tonight. You've got a couple, you've got three ranked, four ranked teams playing tonight. Uh, Coastal Carolina will cruise over the Citadel, Utah over Weber State, uh, Southern Utah over Arizona State, or my bad, ASU over Southern Utah. But 5 o'clock, Fox tonight, one of my 11 picks that I am making for the official record is Ohio State and Minnesota. Yes, last year was not Minnesota's best year. Yes, with COVID and really all these issues that plagued the Big Ten. But P.J. Fleck had a great team, you know, went 10-2 and in the regular season before that pandemic-stricken season last year. I think they'll be much better in Minnesota. However, I don't think it's enough to beat Ohio State. Last year, Minnesota opened, you know, against Michigan. And, you know, a lot of people were going back and forth. Who's going to win this game? And Michigan really did blow the brakes off of them. That was Michigan's best win by far of the regular season. And, you know, I had really high hopes for Michigan after that game with Joe Milton and sort of the offense that they were running, but that really died quickly. But I think the same story for Minnesota. Maybe they're more competitive 
early, but at the end, Ohio State is going to win this game. Yes, you know, they're 13.5 point favorites, and I think they'll do it. Yes, they have a freshman quarterback, C.J. Stroud, but I think this will be a great tune-up before next week's game against Oregon. Uh, but again, Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, it's up to them to prove if that 10-2 and two year was just a sort of fluky year or if that, you know, row-the-boat mantra is really here to stay in Minnesota. Uh, he has a tough season, tough schedule ahead of him, especially the last three games they play against Iowa, Indiana, and Wisconsin. So really, they open tough against Ohio State and they finish tough. But I would like to see them be competitive. But I've got Ohio State winning. Then tomorrow, you've got Friday night football as well. North Carolina and Virginia Tech. North Carolina ranked number 10 in the preseason AP poll. I expect it to be very and much improved this year. But Virginia Tech, you can never really sleep on them, especially uh, since it's a home game uh, for Virginia Tech. But, you know, the quarterback, Sam Howell from North Carolina, I think will be really, really good. Uh, last year, you know, it was a high-scoring game, 56-45, to in which North Carolina won. I think Mac Brown, very experienced coach for North Carolina, is going to have his troops in gear for a very tough Friday night game. The stadium is going to be loud and rocking with all those fans in there. For Virginia Tech, I think this will be a very, very close game. North Carolina is five and a half point favorites. I wouldn't be surprised if North Carolina wins by a field goal. Uh, I think North Carolina wins this game. Then tomorrow night as well, you have Michigan State and Northwestern. Northwestern last year winning, you know, the NF or the Big Ten uh, West, and they, you know, were very, very good uh, last year. Were undefeated, actually going into their matchup against Michigan State last year and lost. A 29-20 to 20 in Michigan State this year of a rematch. First game of the season, Northwestern. You know, I think uh, head coach, uh, I think Belief Fitzpatrick for, you know, Northwestern is going to be ready for this game. He's going to be amped and ready to go. Mel Tucker, I think his second year at Michigan State will be much better than last year. But again, it won't be enough. Northwestern is going to get this one again, a very tightly contested affair. Probably going to be some sloppy play in there from both offenses. But at the end, I like Northwestern to win this game and pull it out. Now moving to a Saturday morning kickoff right away. 9 o'clock, you have 19-ranked Penn State going against number 12 Wisconsin, another big, big 10 showdown to start the season. Wisconsin, five and a half point favorites. And, you know, they've won 16 straight home openers. 
However, Penn State has won the four past matchups against the Wisconsin Badgers. Which streak will end this weekend? Because one of them is going down. Uh, Wisconsin, a little inconsistent last year, but of course Penn State off to that horrific start that they had last year. I think both teams will be much better. Camp Randall Stadium for Wisconsin will be packed. They have the clear home field advantage and a great defense. I think the offense will be improved as well, but staying with Penn State, fifth-year quarterback Sean Clifford, veteran receiving group, improved defense. Uh, I like their offense a little bit more than Wisconsin. And you see, you know, the last time the Badgers beat the Nittany Lions, it was 2011. It's been 10 years since they have beat Penn State. And I'm rolling with that. I don't think the 10-year streak gets unbroken. That is my underdog pick this week. And that is Penn State over Wisconsin. I think Penn State rolls to a big win. James Franklin gets his troops in order. Out uh, duels. Paul Christ has a big opening weekend. And, you know, the Big Ten supremacy right there is shocked. Wisconsin, you know... One of their few big tests of a season, a very easy schedule. But to open up, they lose. And then this just, you know, pulls away for Penn State, who has a very difficult schedule. They play Auburn, uh, Indiana, Iowa, Ohio State. But that is one big win already in their back pocket week one due to Sean Clifford and the magic that he has on the football field outperforming Graham Hurts over at Wisconsin. So I've got Penn State eking out a win in this one. Then you have the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Alabama and Miami. As I said before, you know, Alabama with a whole new team. Ten players going into the draft last year. Bunch of new players. You know, Miami has the veteran team, the quarterback a Derek King, will it be enough? No, it's not going to be enough. Alabama's 19.5-point favorites, and for good reason. I see them winning by three touchdowns, to say the least. They've opened with 20 consecutive opening wins. Uh, and Bryce Young, the freshman at quarterback, I think is going to be terrific. I give Miami... No shot to win this game. I think De'Aaron King is not going to know what hits him. And Alabama, just whenever they play teams that, you know, in these kind of matchups like this, they just dominate, whether it be Miami this year or Duke or a Louisville or a Michigan. Alabama, in the opening game, uh, puts on full display why they are the best football school in the country. And that's going to be right there. John Mechie at wide receiver is going to establish himself as a threat. And the Tide are going to roll, very easily roll, all over this Miami Hurricane team. Then after that, you have Indiana and Iowa. 
yet another big, big 10 matchup this weekend. 17 versus 18. The Hoosiers were very good last year. Had that big win against uh, Penn State early in the season. Are they going to show that last year, you know, wasn't fluky and they can be a Big Ten West favorites or the steady Iowa Hawkeye team, you know, you still can't underestimate. Iowa is three-point favorites, and I think Iowa barely squeaks out a win here. I like Indiana. I like Michael Pinnix at quarterback for Indiana. I really do. I want them to ride momentum and be good. Uh, because when their offense is flowing, it looks really good and it's fun to watch. Uh, they were six and two last year, but I think again Iowa, the veterans that they have, Coach, Coach Kirk Ferentz, who's just been rock steady for them in Iowa, and you know they don't let Indiana thrive off the of big plays, have big plays. I think. Iowa does a good job locking down this team with a nice mix of zone and man defense. And Iowa is going to win this game, of course, at home. Another tough stadium uh, to play in. Iowa gets a win here. Then you have a surprisingly uh, good matchup. Who knows what really is in store? You have 23 uh, Louisiana Cajuns, uh, Louisiana Lafayette Cajuns, and then you have Texas. Steve Sarkeesian over there now for the Longhorns, just the head or just the assistant and offensive coordinator over there at Alabama. He now takes the reins over in Texas to try to turn this program around, uh, which coaches before him have not been able to do. Sam Ellinger is gone as well. It's new quarterback Hudson Card for the Texas Longhorns. Sarkeesian's mantra, all gas, no breaks. Halibut carryover, he looks excited. Uh, and I am very happy that Steve Sarkeesian gets a, a job like this, opportunity after a very tumultuous uh, time at USC. Refound himself and was great. At Alabama under uh, Nick Saban. And then now he gets a shot again at one of the biggest schools in Texas who want to bring back the glory days of Texas, the days of old of Texas back, the Longhorns. And I think they make a statement win here against Louisiana. Texas is nine-point favorites. I believe they cover that easily. And they have a big win, and you're going to have a lot of people saying this weekend that Texas is back. You know, it's back on the map. I'm not going to go that far uh, and be like that, but you always have those people after a big opening win say, you know, Texas is back. And I think a lot of people will be saying that after this weekend, and a lot of people will be happy that Steve Sarkeesian is your head coach. Again, that's not the only good matchup on. You have a basically a playoff caliber matchup, a playoff matchup in itself right away 
against Georgia and Clemson. Game day tomorrow. ABC primetime on Saturday, I mean. Georgia and Clemson. This is the premier matchup. To me, this decides one of these teams, I think, will make it to the playoff. And it's going to be the winner of this game uh, tomorrow. I mean, there hasn't been an opening matchup like this in a long time in the world of college football. Uh, Two of the strongest programs in the top five are going against each other. Clemson, no more Trevor Lawrence. You got the new guy, Ugalele, who we saw him against uh, Notre Dame last year in a game and looked very good, yet it was a loss, but still looked good. Uh, Georgia's defense is, you know, top-notch. JT Daniels, another year of improvement. Kirby Smart is going to have one of the best teams in the country, I believe. But what is he going to do with it? Dabo is the much better coach than Kirby Smart. It's that's clearly been shown and documented and proven on the field the last couple years. But I think Kirby Smart gets the big win here in Clemson. Clemson's a favorite by three points, but Georgia gets the win. Huge momentum swing to start the season on the right foot. This is going to be, you know, pounded football, uh, very good, and this has to be one of the most exciting early matchups there have been in college football in a long time. But in the end, Georgia gets the end and proves that the SEC is better than the ACC. Yet another matchup, LSU and Clemson. LSU wins the national championship, then a pandemic-stricken year, and their defense does not look good, neither does their offense. Now they play at UCLA. UCLA last week had a big win against Hawaii, but that won't mean much because LSU, they ain't Hawaii, uh, to say the least. Uh, I know, know they might look a little more rusty because now moving to Houston because of the hurricane and, you know, the different practices. But this game is at the Rose Bowl. It's going to be packed for UCLA. The fans are going to be out there. But I think Coach Ed Ogeron is a great coach, talented coach, brought in a great recruiting recruiting class. He wants to prove that that year with Joe Burrow, you know, that he's a, you know, a real coach who can win and have, you know, multiple great seasons. And I think that is what's going to happen this year. I think LSU is going to have a tremendous season. You know, will it be a national championship season? No, probably not. They've got a very tough schedule. But I don't think UCLA uh, undermines the start of LSU season. I've got LSU winning. But I'd like to see how their defense looks because if Zach Charbonnet in this rushing game for UCLA get rolling, it might be upset alert for LSU. But I hope that's not the case. Then Notre Dame, Florida State, Sunday night college football on ABC. Notre Dame, number nine against Florida State. Yet another showdown with Seminoles' first game 
uh, since Bobby Bowden's death. Uh, and, of course, this is a big-time game for them. Florida State is, was terrible last year. Has really uh, been bad since Jimbo Fisher has left left this program. Uh, but, you know, they get Mackenzie Milton, a transfer uh, from UCF. Uh, Notre Dame will have a new quarterback as well, transfer Jack Cohen from Wisconsin because Ian Book is now gone. So a lot of new look, uh, new looks on both sides. However, Brian Kelly, quarterback for Notre Dame, is a much better coach. So I've got Notre Dame winning this game. I think it'll be close. I think Florida State will be improved. But Notre Dame sort of wins and ekes out wins in these sort of opening season games. Notre Dame has a very tough schedule this year, playing multiple ACC opponents. Uh, Big Ten opponent as well, and a couple Pac-12s. So there will definitely be losses on their schedule, but I don't see them opening to Florida State losing this game. I've got Notre Dame winning it. And then to cap this weekend off, you've got Monday night college football between Louisville and Ole Miss. Now this is musty. Uh, TV just for Ole Miss. I'm predicting Ole Miss to blow the brakes out of Louisville. Matt Corral is a phenomenal quarterback for Ole Miss. Uh, Again, is a potential Heisman contender. Last year, 71% of his passes complete, threw for over 3,000 yards, close to 30 touchdowns. I mean, Lane Kiffin and his offense, you know, forget about the defense because that really won't show up. But that offense is high showing. We've seen that played against Alabama in the fits that it just gives teams. Lane Kiffin's offense will do it because they've got a gunslinger who can throw the ball deep and make throws with Matt Corral, who isn't afraid to risk it. And I think this will be a great tune-up game for Ole Miss to just tee it off against Louisville uh, before they have, you know, a rough schedule in, you know, the SEC West that they play. But I like Ole Miss to win this. Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin to get it done. Those are my picks for those 11 games this weekend. But who do I think will win the big divisions, the Power 5 schools? Who do I think will get it done Let's start off with the ACC, and it's Clemson. Even though I have Georgia winning that game against uh, Clemson, I Clemson has a very, very, very favorable schedule. Not playing Miami or uh, North Carolina in the regular season, it is very easy sledding for them. So even if they open with a loss, I could see them going 11-1 again in a regular season. Very easy for Clemson, a very easy pick for them to win. In the Big 12, this to me is a little difficult because I think Texas will be improved this year. You have Oklahoma, Spencer Radler, quarterback Lincoln Riley. That offense will be very good. Iowa State and Matt Campbell, who gave a run to Oklahoma last year as well but I think Oklahoma barely ekes out just because they have Spencer Rattler uh, to me who's going to be the best quarterback 
in college football this year, and we're going to have one of the most potent offenses. And because of the schedule Oklahoma has, they will get it done behind that arm of Spencer Radler. Now in the Big Ten, this is where things get interesting, and this is where the strict heart is taking over. I look at this division, and this division is going to be a division that just beats each other up. You've got great talent in Indiana, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois with a big win last week. But I wouldn't sleep on Michigan. Yes, it's my team. I think this is Michigan's year. Do I think they're going to win it all? No. But I think they'll win the Big Ten this year. This is a year where they have really no expectations uh, coming in. People are thinking that this is Jim Harbaugh's last year. Got all this contract restructuring so when they fire him, they don't have to pay him crazy amounts of money moving forward. I think a new look defense is great for them. The exit of Don Brown is going uh, to help the new hires that they made You know, another year with Josh Gaddis. Uh, and to me, they've got good quarterbacks. Do I think Cade McNamara is the best one? No. I'd really like to see J.J. McCarthy uh, start because I think he's a tremendous freshman and has much more natural talent than Cade McNamara. And I think this is just Michigan's uh, year uh, to do it. Again, every Big Ten team has a tough schedule. And they play Washington early in the season, but I think that'll be a big game for them at home. Then, you know, they've got, you know, sort of, you know, their big matchup against Ohio State at home. You know, even though uh, some of their games are on the road, Wisconsin, uh, Penn State, Michigan State, you know, you can lose one of those games and still win your division in the conference just losing one of them. So I like uh, an 11-1, and one, possibly 10-2 and two year and still get it done because I don't think Ohio State will be as strong as we've seen in the past. In the Pac-12, I like Arizona State. Again, the North is kind of set up, I think, for Oregon to win it. I think they will. In the South, it's much more competitive. You have UCLA, ASU, USC, Utah. But ASU lost a lot of close games last year. Herm Edwards, I think, is a terrific coach. And, you know, they don't come as the favorites in this division. But I think Herm Edwards wins a lot of close ones and kind of has some nice matchups at home as well, you know, against, you know, the likes of uh, USC and uh, others, Colorado, that, you know, they can win this division. Then in the SEC, it's no surprise Alabama is head and shoulders above the rest of this division. Yes, I like Georgia winning uh, the first game against Clemson, setting up, you know, the showdown between Georgia and Alabama at the end of the year, but Alabama is just too strong. Uh, Texas A&M seems to choke constantly against Alabama. It doesn't matter who's there. Uh, Alabama is better than LSU, Ole Miss. Maybe that's a loss to watch out for, but at the end of the day, they'll beat Florida. They'll beat Georgia because of Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach in the history of college football coaches, a great talent and Bryce Young coming in, and just the group that they have overall. So those are my five division winners. 
who do I think is going to make the playoff? Well, I think the number one seed will be Alabama. I think they will be the one. And really, is there any picking against them? No, there's not. Uh, Always a favorite to win it. Has a great team to do it again. I think the number one seed is essentially another lock for them. Two is Oklahoma. They really never get the two seed. They're always a three or four and have a tough draw against an SEC team. Yes, they'll still have it, but they'll be in a favorable location this time. Lincoln Riley, uh, Spencer Radler, the offensive firepower of this team, the ability to both run and attack over the air is going to be great. Three is Georgia. I think Georgia's still going to get in, even with a loss uh, somewhere down the line. I think they beat Clemson early. That's a big statement game for them. They'll beat Florida. If they lose to Alabama and have one loss, why not have them at the three seed? Because this is a very talented Georgia team. And then four, again, another heart pick, Michigan. I think Michigan can do it this year. Sneak into the playoff, even with you know one or two losses. I think a lot of other teams are going to have a few losses as well on the resume, but the Michigan Wolverines will be the best number four team. But who makes it out of those one, two, and three, four spots? Alabama, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Michigan. Well, if it's Alabama, Michigan, I'm sorry, Michigan, I don't have that much confidence in you. I'm going Alabama and Nick Saban to yet again represent them, the SEC, in the national championship game. It's just synonymous now with Alabama and the national championship. It's like they were made for each other. But who will they face? I think Lincoln Riley gets revenge against Georgia. If we remember the 2-3 matchup a few years ago with Baker Mayfield, uh, thrilling game, I think Lincoln Riley gets the last laugh here over Kirby Smart and Oklahoma wins a very close game against Georgia, setting up an Alabama-Oklahoma finish. And Oklahoma exercises yet another demon in which uh, Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray got blown out by Alabama in a playoff game. This time, Spencer Radler, the more experienced quarterback over Bryce Young, the Oklahoma offense, gets it done, gives Saban fits like Trevor Lawrence and uh, Dabo Sweeney did a few years ago in the national championship game. Oklahoma gives that same exact thing back to Alabama. That's what I see. So Oklahoma is my national champion pick. What about the Heisman? Who do I think will win the Heisman? I think that's going to be Spencer Radler. Uh, I think that Corral for Ole Miss will be great. I think Bryce Young for Alabama will be great. Even Algo Waylele uh, from Clemson will be good. But Spencer Radler is the favorite, should be the favorite. I think we'll lock up the Heisman and get that, uh, you know, cap off that great season. You know, like the greats do Devontae Smith last year. Joe Burrow the year before, you know, where you win Heisman, your team wins the national championship. Uh, I think Oklahoma is going to have a very, very good and special year. They'll go, you know, either with one loss or go undefeated this season. That's what I like. 
from Oklahoma. That wraps up the college football talk. Now to move to the MLB and to give you my top five teams in the MLB right now. Number five is the Houston Astros. Yes, they basically have their division locked up right now. They're great offensively. But one thing I like from them is that when I watch them, their defense is getting better, especially in the infield. Their run save defensively is improving and I think will help this team uh, really contend and make a run for the World Series. Number four, the Milwaukee Brewers. Why? Well, they are on a four game winning streak, which so happens to be uh, the second longest in MLB at the moment, right behind the Phillies. Uh, the Brewers locking up this division uh, and their offense is clicking as well. Uh, barring any injuries, Milwaukee Brewers are a tough out in the NL. Time for the top three teams as per usual. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays. Why? Well, a 20-6 and six record in August will just keep you afloat with the rest of these teams. Uh, they were tremendous uh, in August. Why? Well, they have scored the most runs in baseball. This offense has been clicking a ton. This team has been driving in run after run. And they also have a great six-man rotation. Usually see a four or a five, but for the Rays, you have a six-man, which just speaks into their depth and the matchups that they like constantly over the other team. Number two is the San Francisco Giants. They finally slipped from the one spot to the two spot. Uh, a little bit of inconsistency has plagued that. Some of their hot hands have, you know, you know, returned down to earth. But I still really like this starting rotation and, you know, the experience that they have. I think it will benefit them in the long run and are still one of the best teams in the MLB. But who is the best who has overtaken the Giants? That is the Los Angeles Dodgers. A 21-6 and record in August. They're on a three-game winning streak. They are simply now the best team in baseball. Very healthy. Mookie Betts is back to hitting home runs. They have the best run differential. They're the best defensive team I watch with the least amount of runs allowed. Their rotation is great with a 2.55 ERA. And Clayton Kershaw isn't pitching either. I mean... Is anybody going to stop the Dodgers this year? I hope somebody does. I hope the Giants, the Padres, the Brewers, somebody does. But right now, it is not looking that way. They are the best team in baseball. So that's my top five. The Houston Astros, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the San Francisco Giants, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. And there's a big-time matchup tonight against the Boston Red Sox. And the Tampa Bay Rays. Eduardo Rodriguez starting for Boston. And Shane McClanahan starting for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yesterday, Tampa Bay lost by one run. Bottom, or Top of the ninth. 
but the Rays have been very strong against the Red Sox this year. I think Tampa Bay uh, gets a win back in the win column, gets back on that streak. And then you also have the last tournament of the golf season. You have the Tour Championship, which will crown the winner of the FedEx Cup playoffs. I picked John Rahm before this to win this whole thing, the FedEx Cup, get that you know ten or fifteen million dollar prize bonus, whatever it is, and I think he will do just that. He has to make up some ground, but I think he can do it right now. He's currently sitting four strokes back of Patrick Cantlay, which you know is going to be you know he has to make up over the last couple of days, but I think he can do it. I like John Rom to finish it off. But just to give a thought on this, I hate how the Tour Championship sets it up in the format of this. I am fine with it going down to 30 players, but I think if you win this final tournament, you should win the FedEx Cup. It shouldn't be based on points, and your adjustment shouldn't be started. For example, Patrick Cantlay was number one in FedEx Cup points. He started a day off at minus 10. However, Hideki Matsuyama, or actually not, let me even say that, you had Brooks Kepka, you had less points, he started off a day at minus two. So you have to make up eight strokes over uh, four days. That's not fair. It's like, you know, in the playoffs, if you go to the Super Bowl and the better team last year was the Kansas City Chiefs, they play the Bucks. They open seven to zero. No matter what, it's fifteen minutes. It's like you've got to make up that touchdown already. That's just not fair. I don't like that style. I don't like how the Tour Championship has done that. I think they really need to fix that. It makes golf not entertaining when you have some of the big names, you know, down there early. Uh, you know, McElroy. Kepka, you know, DeChambeau, Spieth, you know, you really want a fair level playing field. And the Tour Championship does not offer that right now. This is something they sorely need to fix, and I think fix soon. I hope they do that. So that's it, folks. That's who I'm rolling with. Those are my top five teams MLB. I'm looking forward to college football this weekend. And what do you think will Mac Jones Make the Patriots a better team than Cam Newton this year. Bye, everybody.